Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. And today we have our very, very special guest, Steffi Hill, Spirit Sis. You guys all know her and love her. Today is actually our 100th episode, and we wanted to have on someone really special to help us celebrate, to help us share a message that we thought was going to be really powerful and meaningful for us and for everyone listening. And what better person than our favorite person of all time, Spirit Sis. So welcome (laughs) on to the show. How are you doing today? First of all, happy 100. How does it feel? It feels good. It feels just like divinely timed in Mm. our life. Like we didn't, obviously we didn't plan when our 100th episode was going to come out, right? (laughs) But the podcast, even over the last few months has been like just when it feels right and aligned and we'll record an episode. And now this 100th episode being timed the same week as Human Design Besties opens up, which is our new membership, and our book, which we just announced this week. So it just feels... Yeah, it feels just like we didn't plan shit and it all kind of... Uh, I, I'm like picturing like chips falling into place, you know, like yeah. we didn't try to contrive where they're going to fall, but they just all fell <laughs> aligned in the right place that they were meant to be. And so, yeah, we just feel like we're celebrating life and it's summer and it feels good. We're super connected to the community that we're building and birthing shit out into the world. The good. universe always puts things into place, even if you don't try. So that's a great lesson in general. But I know I'm so grateful for, you know, your podcast and everything. And I know you've helped so many people. So I'm Mm. in attitude of gratitude for you, for you both. Well, and vice versa, because your podcast, exact same, and you're coming up on a milestone too. So it feels... What episode is this going to be for you? Juicy. Juicy. The big 50, right? I think... I want to do 50, 50 for sure. I love it so much. (laughs) Which is crazy. It's just like, yeah, that divine timing of when things fall into place so perfectly and you feel like um, all your people come together and we get to have this conversation in this divine timing. You just feel like it's like the warm hug from the universe telling you you're on the right track. Like you're always supported. Someone always has your back because that divine timing feels so supportive. And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about in this episode today. We wanted to talk about sacred sisterhood, like this type of sisterhood that supports you and moves you and carries through you through life in this kind of like spiritual, mystic way that can barely be described. So we wanted to dedicate an entire episode to describe it, to talk about it, to demystify it, to share how supportive it's been for us in our relationship, being able to all kind of go onto our dharmic paths and start our own businesses and be there for each other and 
witness each other in this journey. It's just been one of the most powerful things in my personal journey is having you both here by my side where I get to be witnessed and also I get to support you. And the security and unconditional love that comes from that has literally been one of the things that's made me feel the most brave in really being who I am, following my truth, um, taking risks. So I wanted to just dive it right in. Like I wanted to ask you both, I know this is a really big question and there's not going to be like a simple answer to it, but what does sacred sisterhood mean to you? Mm. Well, the first thing that comes up for me is um, like safety, um, where it just feels, there's something about, you know, us as women and the thousands of years that we've been just held back or pushed down or um, taken advantage of or abused, right? And there's this like in my body feeling that, of course, I can only speak for myself, but I imagine that every woman feels of just this sacred truth, like within your body, it's almost hard to describe of, of just realness of, um, constantly unbirth, like birthing a new layer of yourself all the time. Like women literally give birth and they go through the, like, you have to just fucking figure this out. And cause you're going to give birth and you have to like suck it up, figure it out, <laughs> show up, like face it with love because at the end of it, you have this child that you then have so much love for. And that experience alone, right? That's just inherent in having female anatomy. It has this kind of sacredness to it that is like, you're willing to go there. Like some shit can happen in your life and you're willing to just like face it and unfold and birth. And that's not to say like all women can, you know, overcome, you know, they're always perfect or they're always facing their challenges head on. But I think this, the, you know, term sacred sisterhood to me feels like, okay, showing up vulnerably, showing up with compassion, showing up with bravery and realness and, knowing that your sister or your friend is doing the same. And there's that safety there of like, I know and you know, and like, it's okay for us to be totally fucking weird, to not have our shit figured out, to be going through something crazy or traumatic or to not want to talk about something or to be confused or to have that comparison or even judgment, but to be able to say like, I was comparing myself to you or this felt inauthentic for me. Like that sacred sisterhood is like, it's like realness. It's, it is, it, to me, it's like childbirth. It's realness, bravery and authenticity, but also compassion and love. And like, holy shit, you're going to get a lot out of it if you show up and like show up for it, right? And to yes and you, because I do have an improv background, um, <laughs> just to yes and, it's also like you're the baby being held in some yes. way, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because there are times where it toggles back and forth of who wants to nurture and who wants to be nourished, you know? So I think that's a really good analogy is this motherhood and it's also feminine, right? The divine feminine and something about conscious friendship, this divine, sacred, like you're, you're really showing up as who you are consciously. And once, like I started doing that in my friendship, 
friendships. And then the friendship with all of us just happens so naturally. And every single time I see you both, I feel filled like to the brim with happy. It fills all the boxes for me mm. where I feel like in other areas of my life, maybe that's fallen short. Um, but I, you know, I just, I'm so grateful for the support. Like you both said, like support, bravery, authenticity. I think those are all of the things that embody our friendship, our sisterhood and in general sisterhood. Yeah. I love that so much. And for me, the big thing, like exactly like you said, Steffi, is having these women that you love them so much that when they win, you are winning. Like there's just this complete unity and connection and mutual support where you can show up as the supporter and the nourisher and the, the brave person who protects them. And you can also be the baby that's just being held. And you know the times that you need to be vulnerable, the times that you need to just have someone else there for you, it's both. And it's so beautiful to have those relationships, those friendships in real life that are that sisterhood. But the more I was thinking about this term, I was thinking about, you know, we have our sister, our sacred sisterhood that are like our friends, the people that we are connecting with and building these memories with and talking on the phone with and all of these things. But the more that we build that bond, it becomes this like bigger collective energy that you then emanate because of the work that you do in your friendship and the love that you have in that friendship. You end up creating this frequency of sisterhood that just spills out of you and you carry it with you to all places in your life, including your relationships with men. I think that all the time, there's a lot of men in my life that I've met with and I feel like I'm able to offer them this sister type of love that is not sexual, that is so loving and supportive and playful and fun and meeting you exactly where you're at instead of making you feel like you need to hide any part of yourself. And it's like the more that you build these relationships in your personal life, the more you're building this spiritual collective frequency that is literally able to heal everyone, right? Not just women or people who identify as women, but the whole world can, I believe, be healed in in these types of relationships. It's like, it's bigger than just you. Yeah. And I was just going to say that, you know, when we talk about divine feminine energy or sisterhood, like it's not exclusive of um, people who are not women or who don't identify as women, because it is that frequency of um, realness, bravery, showing up, compassion, connection, and um, that that sisterhood of like, I embrace you and I'm going to support you. And also you're going to embrace and support me. And it even just makes me think of, you know, I've always been in love with women, like just in general, like I have always admired women. And even as a kid. And I feel that I definitely have a lot of um, masculine tendencies. And that's been something that I've worked on in my life is um, healing the divine masculine within me, but, um, and the divine feminine. But I, when I think back on, you know, my childhood and, and growing up, you know, I grew up so religious and, um, I remember one of my friends in the church told me men and women cannot be friends. They cannot because unless there is a sexual um, energy there and that, and like, and it was told to me as fact, like men and women are different and they cannot be friends unless that somebody is wanting to sleep with the other person or have a sexual relationship. And so I was wow. very, um, I know. Talk about conditioning, you know what I mean? Yeah, that I is some conditioning. And that, 
that energy of, um, first of all, that we're separate. And then the energy of like the frequency of sisterhood, it just makes me think of like whenever we've had gatherings or like a weekend together where, you know, if something needs to be done, someone like without even asking will step up and do it, like cleaning the kitchen or cooking the food or like um, even just like taking care of something. And if somebody needs to relax and like is having a moment, like everyone will easily like, you know, give that person a massage, like Steffi always Reiki's mm-hmm. people or yeah, she like just sit on a bed and just vent it out. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what our plans were. Like, this is what feels right in this moment. Like we're just going to lay in bed here and talk till whenever. And it's that energy of like, I've got you. And also like, I don't need anything from you and you don't need anything from me, but like we, we both want to show up with that support. And that does not have to come from like, whether you're male or female, but it is like brought to, like, you can bring that energy to any person in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, I don't know. I think it's really powerful to look at the places in your own life where you've had that sense of like um, ebb and flow, that yin and yang energy where it wasn't forced or wasn't judged or wasn't like, oh, you're a female, like you belong in the kitchen, which I've heard that so many times in my mm-hmm. life and different Ugh, iterations of my life. Or like you're a male, like you should be talking about sports and you should be outside and like not having this ebb and flow. It's like you should or you shouldn't kind of vibe. And I do think that that sacred sisterhood energy on this tangent that I'm on is that (laughs) it's like this ebb and flow, like releasing the shoulds and shouldn'ts. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 But also like reframing the word sisterhood as well, because when I think sister, I think like a biological sister and I never grew up with a sister. So when I hear sisterhood, Mm. I think of the whenever I would go over to my friend's house and the sisters would just like claw at each other and scream and like <laughs> change their clothes and be like, you stole it, you know? And it was like really scary to witness. And I would go home to my really mean brother and be like, well, at least I like it's a re- he's wrestling me. Like it's a little bit better because it was really catty. So for a while, again, with the masculine feminine thing you were just discussing, it's interesting because I would have a little bit of a, I don't know, a bias about how I felt about having a sisterhood or a sister. It's very interesting because both of you grew up with sisters. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I was going to ask, like, is there a time in your life where you didn't have these connections with women or you had some other belief about how women connect or, you know, what was like the conditioning that you were kind of programmed to believe or even that you saw around you? Like you were saying, Steffi, like, you know, I know personally, like when I was in high school, I had a lot of close girlfriends, but I also had this like feeling when I would watch them win, you know, get the lead in the school play or get a new cute boyfriend or their parents bought them a car, like strong, intense jealousy underneath. And like, I would never vocalize that, but there was this like competitiveness that I wasn't even really conscious of, but I definitely felt um, that I'm realizing now, like I was just so programmed because of my conditioning to believe that women are in competition for 
these certain things and that there's this scarcity mindset around like, are there enough guys at our high school? And are there enough, you know, cute clothes or do you have enough money for it? And it was just this like uh, teenage girl, like rat race of like, who was the coolest, who had the best, like who could be the most impressive and, and kind of like this caddy um, sort of trying to like cheat your way past other people to win. And that was kind of like the dynamic that I really felt at my high school that now that I have more clarity, now that I've like healed from those types of relationships with women from having the op- medicine of the opposite, I'm really able to see like, wow, that competition and jealousy, where did it come from? And I can even remember like the specific adults, like teachers that went to my high school that would t- say like, this girl's more beautiful than you. And I'm like, is that appropriate to be telling our teenage girls? You know, there's like, yeah, the world has changed that. so quickly. Um, in a lot of ways, we've awakened so quickly since even we were in high school. But I was wondering like, what was that like for you? It doesn't have have to be high school, but any point in your life where you kind of can see like a different type of conditioning or relationships towards women or not having this kind of um, sacred sisterhood. Everything you said was so resonant with, with high school, especially. I was always really close with friends. And I think as a man, Jen, and <laughs> I would always be in like several different groups, yeah. you know? And I remember there was a time where the girls I was hanging out with in high school they would only hang out with each other. And I felt really um, guilty if I would go outside the group and hang out with other people. And I think, yeah, about the the competition or whenever you're like going somewhere or you're getting that grade or you're getting that trophy or whatever it is that you were doing in high school, there was a little bit of that, like, mm, I'm happy for you, yeah. you know, but it wasn't mm-hmm. genuine. Yeah. Um, so I I completely resonate with that. And I think just conditioning in general of us being in competition with each other. And honestly, I don't know how how kids now feel because social media, it's all I a know. comparison game. I know. At least our teacher, like, I don't think teachers now are telling, you know, yeah, girls you're and not boys, beautiful like, enough. Yeah. I mean, our whole college was that, like, you're fat, you need to lose weight, you're whatever. You could never be cast in this role because of whatever. Um, but so hopefully adults aren't doing that as much. But I do think that the social media with kids right now is just insane, the, the comparison and the cattiness. But I I almost feel that um, it's like the security in your sense of self can then generate this space where you can have this frequency of sacred sisterhood of... Um, Showing up and celebrating your uh, ability to grow and change and flow and be different, um, but yeah, I know it's interesting because growing up, my I grew up like I said in the church, and my um, best friends, my best girlfriends, the space that we grew up in, like you would have. I went to church seven days a week, like you would have, you know. Sunday church and then Monday home group, which would be like kind of like a Bible study, um, but just like where you get around and you talk about the Bible and you talk about teachings. And then we would have actual Bible study and then we would have prayer group and all of these different things. And then we'd have so many different games. So my point in saying this was that with my girlfriends, there was a lot of talking about bettering yourself, um, trying to be the like, uh, Christian, like perfect Christian, whatever. Um, so I did have this sense of, uh, I don't even know what the word is, but just 
connection in a, a deeper way than like superficial things. And the things that we would kind of get a little catty about was like, I can't believe that you cussed or <laughs> I can't believe that you wow. uh, kissed a boy or um, like that would be like the judgment side of it. Like, I can't believe that you would whatever you had a sex dream and like you you can't even like talk about that because that's like did you pray and like um you know um repent and so it's like anyways but I do feel grateful for that experience because there was this real deep connection of of that same frequency of sacred sisterhood so it's and and now I feel that that Energy is, like you said, Dana, of um, celebrating each other's wins. Yeah. And uh, being excited to see each other's wins. And instead of feeling torn down, you feel built up because it's like, when I rise, you rise. Mm -hmm. And this, I know I always quote Sarah Bareilles, but I swear (laughs) to God, there's a song that she has. There's a song for everything. (laughs) There's always a song, always. And it just, every time I hear it, I love it because it's, basically talking about sacred sisterhood, but she says like, like you think that I like, thanks for basically every woman that's come before me and like gone deep and like created, like broken the mold and um, deconditioned. And like, you think I'm like high and mighty, like wait till you see my little sister, because she is like, like everything that you do, you're creating space for the next generation and the next generation. And like, Um, instead of being like, no, this is my space. Like you haven't earned it. Like, no, like, please like come in and rise higher. Um, that kind of there's space enough. And anyways, I'm just into it, but she even talks about like the essence of birth. Like you tried to bury me, but you didn't know I was a seed. Like Mm. I literally can birth out of anything that's thrown at me and like make space for other women and other people people to come in and rise as well. Yeah. And it's so true. Like the, the healing that we do as a collective, you know, uh, around the, the feminine and the ways that we've been suppressed, um, we all support each other and build this momentum. And it is like this chain, this cycle, like we are also connected. The work that we do for ourselves ends up empowering the next generation. And I feel that all the time, you know, women in my mom's generation that were really into their career, you know, I think, uh, and dealt with a lot of like sexual harassment in their workplace because they were maybe the only woman in their career. And I just feel so grateful for that generation of women, women that really like broke the cycle in a certain way. And I came in on the tails of that being so much more empowered. And um, really my mom was like so intense about teaching me tools around sexual harassment and sexual abuse of like how to voice it and like what was okay. She would like drill it into me because she dealt with it so much in her workplace. And I just feel so grateful for that, that growth, you know, that it is like the cyclical thing that we help each other. But you know, something I wanted to say that reminds me of, of high school is like just the conditioning that we have around the shame of our bodies and like shame of our our moon cycle. And that was something that was so like one of my things in high school was I really, really loved when another girl had her period in the bathroom in the hallway and was like, do you have a tampon? Like, I felt like this is sisterhood. Like, yes, I got a tampon. If I don't, I will go get you one girl and I'll bring it to you discreetly because I have your back. <laughs> and like, I really loved that because I felt like this intense bonding of like, 
this is something that we both share. And you know how like in high school, it's like not something that you talk about. You never want like a cute boy to like find a tampon in your bag. You'd be like so humiliated and you feel like you have to hide (laughs) it and all these things and you can't talk about it. And I loved that connection. Like it made me feel so good to know that we can have each other's back in that way. So I was always wanting to talk about it and wanting to talk about our moon cycle. And everyone was like, you're so weird. You really need to not be like that. And I'm seeing that (laughs) shift so much, you know, like it's just, there's so much more awareness and openness of being able to talk about those things. Well, because it's a shared experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was the, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I mean, I want to know what you say because it's it's probably exactly what I was going to say because it's such a shared experience. I just can't wait to talk about our periods. Like that's (laughs) all of us just lit up. Like, let's talk about my experience with our period. No, it's funny because telepathically I wanted to bring this up and you brought it up and I like smiled because I was like the person people went to to teach how to put in a tampon. Oh, really? Yes. I was like that person. And even people I didn't even really no would like call me on the DL and be like, hey, is Steffi home? And I'd be like, oh, you got your period? That's wow. your one three. <laughs> don't, don't yeah, like you I learned like, it, you experienced it, then you want to teach it. Um. Exactly. Exactly. But that. again, I felt the same way as you, Dana. I was like, this is not something to be ashamed of, you yeah. know? And like, I got my period in a bucket hat. Like I have very low standards. Like Wait, what? In a bucket hat? I got my period in a bucket hat. You were wearing a 90s bucket hat when you got your period? I was wearing a like fisherman's bucket hat when I got my period. I just wanted to like paint the scene for the audience. Sorry, the scene that I was getting painted was like you used a bucket hat like... (laughs) To carry the menstrual blood? Yeah. Probably at some point. It's like that is that's really strange. Um, because you guys know what you were wearing when you got your period, right? Like you can like stained um, in your mind or no? Yeah. Well, no, mind. I don't remember what I was wearing. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Choice of I feel like I was um, wearing like uh, no, you know, you know those blue or uh, like a jumpsuit that was like velour, the tops and the bottoms. I had like a baby blue one that I was super into. You know, I'm like fifth or sixth grade. Like think like J Lo style, and like the zipper had like a little like star like. Uh, bedazzled star on the zipper. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's what I was wearing. It was a great fit, actually, back in the day. Okay, that's a stark difference (laughs) from my situation. (laughs) You were wearing something that was like popular. I was wearing a bucket hat. Yeah. Which was that Um, not? No, I remember just being at summer camp. That's it. But you don't remember? Bucket bucket hats were popular. You guys know they were not. They were not popular. <laughs> They're trying to come back. But yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not for cool them at all to pull one off. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> if you are out there wearing a bucket hat right now, we love you because yeah. you are a sacred sister and like own your truth. But they're um, coming back. They're, they're coming, coming back. back. So yeah, we totally. And yeah. You know what else they too? Are. With, they are with the divine feminine, like part of the thing that has been so suppressed about the divine feminine in this patriarchy is our intuition and like the value of our intuition. And so interesting, I can 100% say that with my closest friends that I have this sacred sisterhood connection with, we are so 
intuitively connected, it's sometimes scary, especially with you, Steffi. I think because you are so insanely intuitive, my connection with you like clings on to your defined spleen and like works through you. But sometimes the way that we're connected and like we'll just have these like incredible synchronistic moments of like, I literally was just thinking this word and then you texted it to me. Or, you know, we have that all the time. And that is something that is so beautiful and here to be celebrated. And, you know, I think a lot of people are having this conversation about intuition in general. There's, you know, this mass awakening. And I know, Steffi, that you literally teach people how to tune into their intuition. So I wanted to ask you, like, what was that experience like in, you know, with your friend groups? Like, did you have close girlfriends in high school or whatever that really were connected in that way with you? Or like, did you ever have that like opposite experience of people like not believing you or doing digs or like things like that? Like, what was that journey like for you as far as sharing it with your, with your sisters? It was so difficult at first to share my experience being a psychic because, you know, it's it's a scary thing to talk about, especially in high school. It's like, oh, that's the that's the girl who can talk to dead people. However, I would always like rip out a good ghost story. So people kind of were into it, but um it was funny. One of my friends, and she's a Virgo, so she's a little more skeptical. She finally came to me and she's like, I've heard he's tell that same story maybe like four times now. I was like, oh, sorry. She's like, no, it never changes. It's always the same. Mm. So it's probably true. I was like, wait, after four times, you're now thinking it's true? Like that, (laughs) you know what I mean? I'm like, wait, hold on. Okay. Also, I'm cringing inside that I told that story four times to probably (laughs) the same group of people. Um, But regardless, no, it was really difficult. And I think just as a people pleaser and just I deeply craved attention from my childhood it was really difficult to be seen. And I think I put on a different persona. I was kind of putting on an act in a way of really someone I wasn't. And it wasn't until I was 18 and I, you know, I went to a different college where no one knew me. I felt like I had a fresh slate and I started experimenting with palm reading and using my intuition to call in friendships uh, in, in any space I could. And there wasn't as much competition, I think, because everyone had a clean slate. I don't know if you both felt that. Well, you you both went to a liberal arts college. So that's a little different competition-wise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I felt... I felt like I wasn't able to be myself, especially when I was like 14 and 15, when I was experiencing seeing ghosts and crossing over my first ghost at 14. There was a select few people that only believed me. And a lot of the people talked crap about me behind my back because they didn't believe in me. So it was an interesting journey of like people pleasing and putting on a persona of someone I really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And now in like a stark contrast, you're surrounded by women who are like wanting to learn from you and... How does that feel? Like, I guess just even comparing how far you've kind of grown in that. Incredible. But even to talk about what you expressed earlier, Shana, is about self-love and self-worth. I mean, it all comes down to like, this is who I am. And that intuitively calls in the right people without you even having to try. So I think that's, again, again, Dana, frequency. It's really about like what you're attracting is is like-minded and using your intuition. If you feel red flags in relationships and friendships, you know, if you feel like something's off or something doesn't feel right, or you're getting anxiety talking to that person, it's something's, you know, something's like alarming you. Yeah. And it's interesting because as women, you know, we've been forced to suppress our intuition and we've seen, we've been told that it's not valuable or that it's dangerous, um, that you're a witch or that you are, you know, whatever, you can't be trusted. And, um, it's really 
so deeply ingrained in our bodies, even when you think about our periods and how Mm -hmm. you can be around a group of women and all of your periods sync up. Like the fact that that's just like common knowledge and everyone's like, yep, cool. But no one's like, wait, what is this magic? Like literal magic happens (laughs) all the time. And we're just like, yep, we're just all together. We're all on our period. And the guys are like, oh my gosh, they're all on their periods at the same time. It's like, bitch, we are literal witches. That se- <laughs> like, did you sync up anything at all in your body like, without even trying? It's like such a shared experience. And I think that that's why you can be at a club and there's this energy when you're out in a club where everyone's like looking at each other and looking at what they're wearing, like who's the hottest girl in here and like who's going to flirt with me, blah, blah, blah. And then you go to the bathroom and all the girls are in there like, oh my gosh, like I love your makeup. I love your clothes. Like, do you need some lip gloss? Like, oh, she's throwing up. Like, I can hold your hair. Like, do you need some tampons? Like everyone is just, because it's a shared experience of like, this is real shit. Like we all get sick. We Mm -hmm. all get our periods. We Mm -hmm. all forget our lip gloss or like our makeup's now running and we like, cause we're sweating on the dance floor. Now we look like shit, but we have no (laughs) hot guy at the bar that's like waiting on us. Like we all have this shared experience of like, you have to be something out in the world, Mm -hmm. but then there's real life that we all know about, but we don't talk about. But for whatever reason, when it's like in the safety of a bathroom or Mm -hmm. a bedroom, if you're hanging out with your girlfriends, (laughs) it's totally allowed to be talking about the real shit. And that's kind of why like, I kind of, I mean, I'm a TMI type of person, always have been. (laughs) And I like to talk about real shit. And Brian, it was one of the first things he said to me was like, no one's ever brought that up to me, but like, it's true. Like everybody's experiencing that. Like one of the things that I love about you is that you talk about real shit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're talking to, you know, my friends who parents are, you know, multi, multi millionaires and they have this like edge of professionalism that everyone has to put on around them. Like you're just a real bitch. Like you talk about real things. So anyways, I've always said like, I don't think I can be real friends with you if we can't talk about poop. Like, I don't think I can be real friends with you if we can't talk about like real shit because that's literally something everyone does every single day, but no one talks about. And that's fake. It's like, you can talk about your poop around me. You're safe to talk about that here. Like my life, the goal is to feel like a girl's bathroom where you can talk about anything, connect about anything, and it's okay. You don't have to pretend. Um, and I think that that, honestly, that sacred sisterhood is a girl's bathroom. For sure. A hundred percent. And like the deeper thing here is not being afraid to be seen in your shadow or what you perceive as your shadow. Like these moments where we're not putting our best foot forward and we're not feeling good or we're not feeling confident, like to let yourself be seen, to receive help and support in that space. Like that is crucial. And I think that so many people feel a large sense of loneliness. Like I genuinely believe that loneliness is one of the biggest um, pains that we feel as a collective because it's a disconnection from unity, a disconnection from source and a disconnection from love. And, you know, when we talk about our spiritual journey, to me, that's what a spiritual journey is. It's returning back to this unity, this collective love and this oneness and that loneliness, that disconnect, not letting people see you, not wanting to be vulnerable, not embracing your own shadow or being able to talk about your own shadow 
shadow and not being able, not being open to receive love. Like those are the deeper things that are happening here. And when we can let our guards down and be honest with someone, even when we think it's not attractive, like that is a huge thing about being a woman that I was telling my husband about is like, do you even know what it, I was uh, having a conversation with him. I was like, do you even know what it feels like to walk outside and to worry about if you look attractive or not? And he's like, honestly, no, I've never thought in my life about, do I look attractive enough to step outside and like get the newspaper or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I, there's never been a day in my life that I haven't been just at least aware of, okay, maybe I'm going outside, but I don't look my best because that's such a a thing that we're programmed as, as women to Um, always look our best, to always look presentable. And even if we don't look presentable, at least we have that in our mind. Like, okay, I look like shit right now, but I'm going to go to the post office anyways, because I don't care. And like the fact that that's such a strong part of our conditioning of like feeling like we need to hide if we don't look perfect and, you know, becoming more aware of that, airing that out, being vulnerable in that space and opening ourselves up to receiving support in that girl's bathroom kind of style is powerful. <laughs> yeah. I like miss everyone I met in the girl's bathroom. <laughs> I like miss them. You know, I like, I can picture them and I like miss them. You know what I yeah. mean? Like those are my homies. Those are my best friends. Those are my soulmates. Like I totally understand. Yeah. And that I feeling. think that every time that you talk about something that's real, you make that space for somebody else to uh, be able to do that. Or even just when you lead with that real authenticity, you make that space for other people. Like the other day, a few months ago, I saw like a really, really big podcast. Like I just heard about it. And then I went to her Instagram and um, was looking at her videos of the podcast and like half of them, like she's like famous and half of them, she's wearing a giant baggy sweater, hairs in a messy bun. And like some of her content, like she looks like a hot bitch and the other stuff she looks like, you know, just like, yeah, I rolled out of bed and like, I still have value because I'm, I have my mind and my words and it's a podcast. Like it doesn't matter if it's filmed, like it's, it's my intellect that's being shared and my passion and my heart and all of that. So it's her owning that in such a like, just effortless way made space for me to feel like, yeah, I don't really give a shit what I look like for this thing right now. Like I'm focused on this or I'm passionate about that, but like, I don't care if I look attractive, I put in quotes because, but at the same time, it's exactly like you said, Dana, like we are so ingrained to be always thinking like, am I presentable? Am I attractive? Am I going to come across a certain way based on how I look? And that energy is um, something that I think that we are breaking, but it does take conscious effort. I mean, I think every single job I've ever had, my boss has hit on me or asked me out on a date. And um, that really ingrained in me, like, I need to look, I need to not wear this. Like I need to cover up whenever I go to a job, I need to um, hold my body in a specific position where I'm not looking like I'm trying because his wife or um, my coworkers are going to think that I'm trying, that I'm asking for it or that I'm like wanting that. So like the the kind of um, like I'm using it to my advantage, right? That kind of awareness even is planted in us of like, how do I look and is it going to be presenting what I want it to present or is it going to be somehow working against me? And um, it's just kind of crazy to think about how 
much we have to do with our, like, think about, um, and where we can choose to be like, fuck that. And I think when you create, when you understand like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I love. This is my purpose. Um, and you're in that kind of like flow zone when you reached kind of that place where you are really confident in yourself and you trust your intuition and you're not looking to outside validation, then it becomes easier to just say, fuck it and not be so worried. But of course, it's every circumstance is different. But this is like the shared experience that we have as women to do and and trans women. And, you know, anyone that is having to think, how is my outside, like, how am I looking? How is that going to affect how I'm treated and how Mm -hmm. I'm perceived? And doing things for you. Like you're, if I'm putting on, you know, eyebrows, because I love the way my eyebrows look when it's filled. It's like, I'm doing that for me. And if someone compliments me, it's like, oh, they are recognizing me in some way. And I'm like, thank you so much. And that feels good. But now it's a reframe of like, yeah, I'm not searching for the compliment. I I'm actually feel better. And sometimes I feel yeah. great in a messy bun or whatever. And I remember I got in a huge debate with this girl in college because we were in wardrobe class together. And she's like, had this whole PowerPoint presentation about how every single day you are making a conscious decision about what you wear. And if you're wearing sweatpants, you're proving to people that you are lazy. And I'm like <laughs> sitting up in the class and I'm wearing what? sweatpants, no makeup, messy bun. And I was like, so you're saying right now that I like, I'm so lazy. Like I showed up to class, it took me effort to put on sweatpants, you know, and we had this healthy debate, but again, it was like conditioning. And then ever since I think about that conversation all the time, because it really kind of got me in this, oh my gosh, I'm lazy. I must not care about myself. I'm not attracting the right opportunities because people perceive me as this like sloppy person because I'm wearing sweatpants to class. But then I was like, sweatpants feel cozy and they're not tight. And now in COVID, I'm like, I will never wear jeans. They feel like barbed wire at this point. Literally. (laughs) You know, like I don't know how I wore jeans or heels for that amount of time because I never felt good in heels. It, It hurt my feet. Yeah, I felt sexy at times or when I was on the club or whatever. Or, you know, like feeling that like body type stuff, but I'm like, I have bad digestion, you know, like yeah. I need something that's flowy. So, anyway, doing it for you, yeah. doing it for you, yeah. and also like not having judgment of if there's someone in the store that looks quote unquote sloppy, it's like, no, this is a hardworking person that just needed to get groceries for the day. Like, I'm not going to judge them because they're a woman and they're not dressed up. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, they're just authentically being. And there's so many things that I do that are just for me. Like I always have my lashes done. I don't do that for other people. I do that because I just fucking love it. Mm -hmm. Like I love it. I get so much enjoyment out of it. And like, even for people who get plastic surgery, like if you're doing that for you versus like how I am not acceptable as I am, like I have to like be perceived in a certain way, right? It's that reframe of like, no, this is, I'm doing this for me and I enjoy this. And it's taking your power back as women, but also as men, taking Mm. your power back in general of like owning yourself. Like this is what feels good to me. And I don't give a shit how I'm perceived. If you're only judging me based on that, then you're not the client that I want, or you're not, it's not a a frequency match. And knowing that you attract, like attracts like, if you are kind of putting on a facade, you're going to attract a bunch of people that are putting on a facade and that you're constantly trying to break through to get to real shit and not ever getting there. Um, Same thing if you are, you know, really wanting to 
attract somebody who has their shit together and you haven't looked at your own life to say like, you know, what can I work on? What can I make better? How can I, you know, clean up my side of the street? You're going to attract a messy street. Um, so it's just, there's so much in this conversation that I really was not expecting with this topic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's such a, it's such a universal topic, right? Like what we were just talking about of, of doing it for yourself and honoring your truth and also extending acceptance and non-judgment to other people. Um, those are some of the biggest, most profound things we could possibly be talking about. And this topic of sisterhood is uh, an avenue that we learn those lessons and we exercise those values, you know, and that's so beautiful. Like really learning how to accept other people and extend just unconditional love for their, them doing their journey. That's huge. And in my like personal relationships that I formed, you know, like when I met Shana in college, this one of my first friends, you know, Shana was one of my first friends that I really, really learned what it feels like to love someone so much. Like you just want to witness them as they walk their journey. You don't want to interject. You don't want to tell them they're wrong. You don't want to like stick your nose in and be like, are you sure you should do it this way? Like you genuinely just want to honor that person. You just want to let them live their life and hold space for wherever that is. And that being loved in that way is so profound, right? This is like bigger than just your friendships or bigger than just sisterhood. Like this is just love in general. Um, but for me, the way that I learned that type of love was through through those, those close relationships and um, like, you know, extending that out into everything that we do. So I really love that. And I think for a lot of people that are listening, if you feel like you're really craving to have this close sisterhood in your life and maybe you don't have it, you know, I wanted to say that one of the first things that you can start focusing on, of course, is loving and accepting yourself. Stop judging yourself. Start doing things for you. Start really understanding who you are and what you love and spend more time doing those things because we've already kind of talked about this briefly as we've been having this conversation, but that's going to change your vibration and start attracting that love and acceptance in an external way because everything in our life is a mirror. So you're always empowered to go on that journey of starting to love and accept yourself. You will see it reflected in your external life and in the people that come into your life. But also I think there's a kind of a, a spiritual essence of being able to connect with all women and all sisterhood that you are empowered to connect with right now, literally in this very moment. There is no distance between you and all of the women that have come before you and all of the women that will come after you. Like we are all one and we can call on that energy to give us strength and to give us nourishment and to give us love and to give us bravery in the times that we're really needing it. And without there being a physical person in your life that you have that relationship with, you can access that version of love just in a moment's notice. So I think that that can be something that is so powerful. And, you know, we've kind of like talked about all these little keynotes as we've been going, but one thing, you know, Steffi, what you were saying in the beginning of like, yeah, you support your sister and you, you know, nourish them and are there for them and all those things, but also the opposite, like you receiving that and being held in that way. I had this really powerful vision, which I've talked about before on this podcast and in a medicine journey where I had this vision of me giving birth and holding my daughter in my arms. And then it kind of zoomed out. And I saw while I held her in my arms, I saw my mother holding me and her mother holding her and her mother before that holding her and also moving forward. And we were like this chain 
of women that were holding one another and you couldn't tell who was the mother and who was the daughter, right? It was just this like everlasting chain of supporting one another and finding that love and strength and connection. And I think when we talk about like the feminine energy, you know, there is this intuition and this softness that we can talk about in feminine energy. And that exists, of course, in no matter what gender you are, um, you have this feminine energy that can be this softness and this receptivity and this openness. But also if you think about female energy, like think about a mama bear that is literally the most just like completely fierce and ferocious and protective and strong, right? Women who are giving birth and that is literally creation and the most uh, just awesome strength that we could possibly see in this lifetime. Like those two polarities of this softness, receptivity, sensing, open, and this strong, protective, fierce, like warrior goddess, all of that exists within this realm of feminine energy, divine feminine energy. And I, I feel like tapping into that just in your own essence, like without even needing a person there to show you, but tapping in on, on your own can be one of the most powerful things that you could possibly do for this world because of the way that you can harness that energy within yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like that strength, like women literally rip themselves into giving birth. And that strength of that that's required for that is it's just enormous and it's not talked about. Like I literally, every, Brian tells me I have to tone it down because every person that I know that's given birth, like the first thing I ask, like, did you rip? Like, did you tear? Like, did you poop on the table? Like, what was that like? Like, it's just such an intense experience that no one talks about. They're just like, I gave birth and like, it was beautiful. It was the most beautiful and amazing experience of, of my life. And it's like the strength that was required to do that, even to get a C-section, like the strength that's required to go through a scary procedure in general, like it's just, it's, and then it's just not talked about because of our conditioning. So it's, but knowing like that the softness and the strength is, it's this polarity that is a shared experience once again. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we kind of make that space for it to be like, holy shit, you are strong and also real and authentic. And um, there is that, like, um, I love that you said, like, you can connect with that authenticity and that realness and being your own best friend, basically, that giving yourself that sacred sisterhood kind of frequency, you can connect with that regardless of your gender and also regardless of the people that are surrounding you. And of course, there is that feeling of like, I want that. I want more of that in my life. And losing friendships, things like that are really hard. I mean, losing friendships sometimes I think are harder than losing a a romantic relationship because when you go into a romantic relationship, it has that energy of like, well, it might not work out or like we might break up or something like you have that subconsciously in your mind, even if you're hoping for the best or it feels really aligned. Um, Whereas when you have a best friend, you're never thinking like, well, maybe it won't work out. It's not like best friends forever, kind of like there's no subconscious thing back there that's like, well, maybe we'll break up. Um, And So I do want to say this really random thing. Dana's heard me say it twice now. She's going to roll her eyes already. But listen, this is gate 43. And it's so (laughs) helpful to me with a four line in my profile um, is 
when I'm wanting more sacred sisterhood or more support in my life in general, I have a mug that reminds me of my friends, like the colors, the way that it's whatever. And I will consciously like choose to pick that out of my cabinet and make my cacao or whatever drink I'm going to drink that for the day. And I will drink out of that mug. And like every time that I sip out of that cup, I'm like singing in my head, like I get by with little help for my friends. And it's not me like it allows me to receive and connect with the frequency of support and connection without needing somebody to come and support and and connect with me. Because a lot of times that's not even what I'm needing. I'm just wanting to feel that energy, that energetic connection. And I'm tapping into that every time I take a sip throughout my whole day. So I wanted to plant that seed because it's super random and weird, but like it's a good example of how you don't have to have a perfect life. You don't have to have perfect friends. You don't have to be in the perfect situation for anything. You can literally choose with a small act to connect with an energetic vibration, even just with your coffee or with a mug or with a meditation or with um, choosing to see yourself in a more authentic and real way or choosing to talk about something in a more authentic and real way and not having to put on a facade. You're going to be attracting other people that are wanting to go to that level of depth with you as well. So empowering, like knowing that you have these people, but knowing you can also cultivate it within yourself. I think too, because I'm a double cancer, I'm I'm ruled by the moon, I'm a cancer rising. I've always felt this like innate need to mother anything, right? (laughs) Like anything. It could be like the squirrel in my backyard named Charles, which I (laughs) I had to talk about before we went on the... Um, or anything in general. But again, it's like connecting to the moon mm-hmm. or connecting to nature. Those are divinely feminine things like in an energy. And I think it's beautiful to like cultivate those experiences and those rituals or whatever you need to do. Um, and even just womb work, you know, mm-hmm. like really connect. You don't have to you don't have to have a kid to feel your femininity or to feel powerful as a woman or uterus owner. I mean, you can do what you need to do to connect to your feminine power. Yes. That, that lineage, like Dana was talking about that chain, like that doesn't matter what, what anatomy you have or how you identify or any of that. Like there's that sacred connection of you were born and you literally came from a womb if you're here. So it's like the that connection of like of the earth, of like flesh and bone, like that kind of energy, it's it's so real. But then also that connection, like like with your, you know, the moon and with all those different like rituals and things that you can do to kind of tap into the sacredness of your being, I would say is that sacred sisterhood as well. Yeah. And something that's been so helpful. Everything comes back to sacred sisterhood. I was going to say, everything sacred sisterhood. (laughs) With that double cancer in your chart, I was thinking that so much when you were talking about how you were the person that people called to learn how to put a tampon in. I was like, that is the most double cancer shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Like literally, (laughs) that should be like a personification of double cancer because that is so... (laughs) So you and I. It's love a meme it. somewhere. If not, I'll make it. <laughs> yeah, I, and I wanted to ask you, like, kind of going back to, you know, for people who are wanting to call in the sacred sisterhood, um, it, becoming more of who you are, and you know, being following your truth more 
adamantly and clearly and being more present to what that truth is and really knowing what your gifts are and doing the things you love and kind of going for it, that all of those things, like we were saying, is naturally going to shift your vibration and you will start calling in other women into your life that are on that same vibe. And that has definitely happened in my life. Like, you know, both of you have come in, especially Steffi, you, because we're, we've been friends more recently. Like, you know, really when I was like supercharging my spiritual journey and then like, boom, here in my life pops in this woman who is like, so mirroring my same depth and my spiritual path and also my career path, which I just appreciate so much. The fact that that inner work was then kind of like gifted with a reflection of a, a sister that I see myself in, in so many ways. Whereas Shana and I, we've grown together. Like we've really like, you know, done this whole process together. So it's really cool as I'm sitting here looking at you too, um, just feeling like the uniquenesses of our path and the way that they come together. And the fact that I met you, Steffi, because you and Shana were friends first, even though I had never met you before. And it's just so beautiful to see the way that this new growth happens in our life and these soulmate connections come in when we are doing that work. But also, as we kind of touched on briefly, when you start shifting your perspective and shifting your vibration and going deeper, sometimes there's going to be friends that you were really close with, that you grew up with, that are no longer a match for you. And that can be a, t a difficult experience to navigate of just feeling like this person that I was so close with or that I shared so many memories with, I now no longer see the world or feel the world in the same way as them. And, you know, allowing those relationships to evolve, even when that means you evolving in one direction and them evolving in the other direction. So I think that a lot of people can really struggle with navigating that. And I just wanted to ask you both, like, what would be some advice that you give to people as far as like, when that happens, what can you do about that? What is, what is the, the reframe that you can give people to have more peace or awareness of that, like friendships kind of growing apart once you do start evolving into the highest version of yourself? I feel the first thing that comes to mind for me is that like releasing control of like you, it's not your job to um, control anybody's life experience. And when you do that, you sacrifice yourself. Um, you know, like if you try to hold on to something that is growing in a different way, you sacrifice yourself in some small way because you are now abandoning what feels right for you to kind of like go on that person's path or journey or save them or bring them along or like force them to grow in the same direction that you are. Um, so like releasing that control of knowing whatever this person is experiencing right now, like that's their journey and that's what they're meant to be doing. And of course that's easier said than done when you have like a really close connection with someone that is, uh, growing apart. I mean, we've had that experience in our close friend group and it's been one of the hardest things that we've had to navigate um, with consciousness without taking personal offense um, and, but also upholding boundaries of like what is right for your own path. So I feel like the more that you get, like when it feels that way, lean into seeing yourself and getting clear on like what what boundaries you need that, and is it coming from your ego or is it coming from love for yourself and your growth and your purpose um, and not playing small and not keeping yourself back because somebody is not willing to, you know, jump off uh, the same cliff as you. I mean, that's a big, been a big theme in even my relationship with Brian. And I, 
sure that we can all feel this in our relationships with our significant others is like one person doesn't have to be everything for you. Like they don't have to be the person that jumps off the cliff with you and stays up till midnight talking about whatever with you and you can vent to and you can go have happy hour with and laugh into the night with and whatever. Like they don't have to be at your end all be all for every outlet and every iteration of who you are and expression of who you are. Like having multiple people in your life where it's like, oh, I don't hold you to the standard of I'm going on this deep spiritual path. You have to like, like I'm so much more evolved than you or like I'm so much more, like you're not that deep. Like that's ego and that's comparison. And so knowing like, okay, I'm going to continue doing this. And the more that I talk about it, the more that I explore it, the more that I take a course on it or connect with different communities that are also doing that same thing, that's going to exercise this outlet. And it doesn't have to all be through one person. So I would say like, keep going on your journey, keep expanding where it feels right for you without that comparison or judgment. And if things grow in opposite directions, releasing that control and extending love and compassion while still upholding boundaries, if that's what you're needing to do. That was beautiful. And every single thing that I wanted to say, you just reiterated in a way more profound way. <laughs> I don't know about um, that. <laughs> but but I think, no, my gosh, I'm like sitting here listening to a TED talk. Um, I, I truly think that accepting your responsibility in some way, because I think you're right, ego steps in and you're like, well, I wasn't wrong. I was perfect. And, yeah. and actually like the ending of all my friendships, it's like, well, I might've been the common denominator. I'm not exactly sure. But it's funny when I started doing shadow work, I actually called in some of the most divine friendships in my life. And naturally, the ebb and flows of the relationships where I lacked boundaries completely fell away because I started to stick up for myself. And I just realized, you know, people do as corny as it is, like come into your life for a season or reason or lifetime, right? And honoring like that, those people showed up exactly when they needed to and they saw you in some way. And even if it wasn't the perfect friendship, you still got something from it. And there's still love there. Like anyone that I was really close with, because I, I, I'm obsessed with people. I, I'm so curious about people. I ask questions. I really love to just get into like the depth of who people are. Like you said, Shana, it's like, I go deep right away. Like there was still this like love there and there's still reverence and respect for who that person was and they're just not in your life anymore and that's perfectly okay. But once I started doing the shadow work, one of the exercises was you had to email your friends and ask them like where your wounds are and they had to expose you in some way. Wow. <laughs> Which is really difficult. And my one friend who is a manifester, <laughs> of course, and she's she's initiated the shit out of me and everything in my life. Um, she said to me, she's like, you're the problem in some of these relationships because you are like constantly trying to dog paddle to get people to like you. And you're so like wanting to be well-liked that you're not being yourself, one. And two, like you're not really seeing people for who they are because you have no boundaries. And I was like, okay. So wow. anyway, it's, it's interesting. The more you go into yourself and and kind of out your shadows in some ways, you're like, holy crap, that is so accurate you know? Mm. Some of the most like growth I've had in my life has been at having somebody else tell me mm. this is some shit, like calling me out on something or having that constructive criticism that comes with love and compassion. And it's like, that is more valuable to me than anything. And I know Dana, you can attest to that. Like, I will be like, tell me what's wrong. And maybe that's yeah. my G-Center authority, but like, I need that 
um, or I value, I shouldn't say I value that kind of like calling you out because that Intel, it's like you can hire someone and pay them thousands and thousands of dollars to do that. Um, or to do that in your business to say like, this isn't working. This isn't working. Like you can make this more successful. Like that's so common to hire someone to tell you what's not working in your business, for example. But then in your friendships, there is that facade once again of like being presentable of like, I have my shit together. Like I'm always right. Or I haven't done anything wrong or that facade of like, not that realness of saying, actually, this was fucked up or actually like you have a little bit of shit on your side of the street and being able to like take that in and say like, okay, that was great intel for me to look at and see like, does this help me? And does this feel good for me to take on right now or not? And if not, still, once again, coming to it without ego in that relationship to be like, thanks for telling me that. Like, I'm going to work on that later. Or like, it doesn't resonate with me right now. I don't know what your experience was in that exercise, but it's fascinating to me. Well, and getting clear on what you really want in a friendship, like the clarity of how am I showing up as a friend? Because I feel like I'm very loyal as a person. I would do anything for any of my friends because my family dynamic is very complicated. So my friends are my family. I am obsessed with my friends, obsessed with you both. <laughs> like I I really, but I feel like there is a little bit of a weight there. I don't want to put too much pressure on. But it, again, it's like this beautiful feeling of togetherness. And um, I was always asking people questions about their lives and wanting to recognize them. And now I pulled in all of these projectors. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy to hear you even say that like the moment you started really doing that shadow work was when those friends started really showing up because I feel like that's just such a powerful takeaway for people, you know, like an applicable step, like, okay, you want these really close friends in your life that, you know, are going to see you and the witness you in the way that you desire and deserve to be witnessed. Um, okay, dive in, let yourself see your shadows, let other people see them, allow yourself to be more vulnerable. And all of that is connected to being more truthful and being more authentic. And we talk a lot about how authenticity and truth is like these high vibration gifts that you're here to share and your purpose. And that's true. But there's also this other part of your truth that is the messy part, the shadows, the behaviors that are holding you back, the conditioning that you didn't realize you had, those layers. And it's beautiful to know that the more we dive into that, it's almost like the reward on the other side is so pure and beautiful and worth it. And what is what we were kind of craving all along, you know, having these close friends in your life. And, you know, as we're talking, like these just big themes are coming up in everything that we're saying and the stories we're telling and the anecdotes we're sharing. A big one in to me in the sisterhood is the the divine feminine loves to be witnessed. It loves to be heard, right? And seen and known. And I and in our romantic partnerships, like in this, you know, maybe more traditional setup of like uh, a male and a female being together in a monogamous relationship, I think that that's one of the most common things that we hear is this a woman feeling like she's not seen, she's not known, she's not heard, she's not truly witnessed. And sometimes she can put so much pressure on her one partner, romantic partner, to do that. And really what there is underneath that is this craving for sisterhood, for another, you know, divine 
divine feminine essence in their life to really see them and witness them. So I love what you were saying, Steffi, of like really getting to the bottom of that. Like I crave to be recognized and witnessed in that way. And then like, boom, once you've aired that out and seen it and honored it and known it, like there, there it is, all the projectors in your life that are wanting to see you, like so just like love seeing you, love witnessing you. Um, it's so beautiful to know that going deep like that is always going to give you this new level of love, like an up level and, and that magnetism around love. Um, and I, you know, another big theme as you guys were, were talking, we, I said this right in the beginning, but it's really like the security that you feel versus insecurity, right? If we think about those two words, I feel secure versus I feel insecure. Um, that is one of the greatest things that I feel like I receive in my sacred sisterhood is, you know, being uh, accepted and being loved and being loved enough to be called out, you know, that deeper layer of really being loved where someone's not afraid to be honest with you or, you know, feeling like they need to tiptoe around you because they don't know you that deeply or they're, you know, the connection's not that deep. Having that in my life, having that deep type of love, it makes me feel so secure in who I am because like if there's a shadow I've looked into it or I've wanted to look into it. Or if a new shadow, a new layer appears, like I'm hoping that I'll want to look into it or someone will call me out. And that creates that this security that you then bring into all of the other aspects of your life, your romantic relationship, your business, like you just feel more brave and resilient. And these to me are really qualities of the divine feminine as well. That security, that bravery. And um, it's just so beautiful to know that this is a place where we can receive that love and that support and build that self-trust in our own security and our own safety. And it allows our ego to dissolve because the ego is so insecure. It's feeling like it constantly needs to defend itself or prove itself or think it's right or be you know afraid to be wrong. And that's actually just a form of insecurity. And the deeper we go, the deeper we allow ourselves to be seen by other people in general, the more we have that true sense of security that leads to a confidence that allows you to walk into something scary and unknown. You have no idea how it's going to work out because you have this foundation, right? That of that security. And, and of course, with us three all owning our own businesses and doing it in this very intuitive, soul-led, you know, dharmic path kind of way. And then having each other there to witness one another and to hear each other out and to support each other and also to share in the experience has been one of the things that has made me feel the most brave and the most secure because as we're shifting into this new paradigm, um, you know, the old paradigm is like, you're running your business, you better have a, a really strong strategy. You better consult with the experts. You better go to business school. You better have a degree because you're not going to be safe if you don't have any of those things. So as we're in this like kind of new paradigm business, that's like divine feminine, divine masculine union, and we're building this new way of having a business, um, there are old paradigm, you know, people that are still living in the old paradigm, like for example, my parents or, you know, my aunts and uncles, they're like, they really press me and question me like, how, why are you doing this? And why aren't you more afraid? And, you know, how, like all the things that I try to tell them, like, I just have this feeling, or this is just the way that's right for me. They literally can't receive that or hear that because they're not at the frequency to be able to receive that or hear that. So having this sisterhood, you two, and other friends that I have as well, that 
understand it and that are also on the forefront of building this new way of having a career that is so intrinsically connected to your truth and to your purpose and to who you are has just been one of the most inspiring and uplifting things. And honestly, it's been something that has been coming in, I think for all of us lately is like, how can we now, we've built this with each other, this support and security of seeing each other, witnessing each other, helping each other, being there for each other and honoring each other as we do our thing and celebrating each other as we go and been feeling like, okay, now that we've created that within, like, how can we extend that to our clients? How can we extend that to more people? How can we give this energy into the world of like, you're empowered, you're safe, trust your intuition, do it your way. And we are here as your sisters holding you and holding that space for you. And I think that that is something that is just so powerful. Like it can radically change the way that we're building this new paradigm. Yeah. I love everything you said. And also being open to learning from one another, like really, truly learning. I think anytime I'm sitting in a sacred circle, even if it's just us three chatting, I'm constantly like wanting to grow and you both expand me in so many ways. So I think if you're looking for sisterhood or community, it's also like, how can you learn from these people and, and hear their stories and their experiences and how can that make you grow as well? Yeah. And it just makes me think of, you know, Dana, when you're talking about your experience as a daughter, sharing that with, you know, parents who aren't on that same frequency, like when we have our own children and they're, you know, we're much older and they're in their thirties and they're trying to explain a frequency that we just can't understand. I think that the thing that that will, um, help unlock that is that willingness to learn that willingness to like show up and, um, and throughout the years, raising your vibration, coming with authenticity and safety and that sense of self-security and non-judgment, releasing the ego of like, I've been doing this for years. Like you don't have enough experience under your belt. Like all that shit's going out the window anyways with the new paradigm. But it is kind of keeping that in mind, like as the new generation comes up and the new one after that, it's always going to be like, let me learn from you because none of us know shit, right? Like we're not designed to be like, and I say this all the time to people, depending on their profile, like you're never going to make it to like the top of the mountain and be like, I'm good. I know everything there is to know. Like I've made it. You're going to be like, oh, what's up here? Like, what am I exploring here? And that's how we're designed to be. So even when our kids come in, or in a community where you're getting to share and you're getting to see and be seen that energy of like, what's what's here? That exploration, that curiosity, that fascination, that space for wisdom to be bred and to be like shared, that like fertile ground, right? Like all of that sacred sisterhood, it is. It's that fertility that is so sacred. And um, it's knowing even as women, even as people in a sisterhood to not say like, this is my space. There's no room for your seeds here. 
There's no room for your wisdom or creativity or ideas here. And I think that's why we've been so passionate about, you know, even creating your human design besties is having a space where it's like, you matter here. You, you are valued here. I want to learn from you. I want to connect with you. I am not above you or beneath you or like the real authenticity side of it is like, we're growing and sharing and connecting together. And yes, we've created this container where you're going to be safe here. And if for some reason there's not safety there, like we we always will maintain our container, which that's like something that comes so effortlessly to us. But having that that kind of space where you can be fertile and be fertilized and grow and give birth to different versions of yourself <laughs> alongside other you know, fucking seeds and flowers and plants and not be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're a sunflower and I'm a squash. Like just to be like, oh my gosh, I'm a squash. I fucking love it. Like that non-comparison, but just realness, you know, that analogy was real gate 43 of me, Yeah, which I can't help what, it. In what world is sunflower? Oh, maybe they do exist together. You know, they do now. We're creating the world where they all <laughs> share the same garden bed and there's no Wait, Did you know? I'm afraid of sunflowers. Is that why you said that? Oh, no. I <laughs> okay, did say time. it because of that. But it is that energy of like, there's room. It's fertile. Like, come and grow, right? Yeah. I just have to say, Steffi is afraid of sunflowers for anyone listening that heard her say that. And the first time, <laughs> the first time she told me, we were walking into this like beautiful mansion house that we were doing a retreat at. And she told me like this whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, like sunflower, afraid of sunflowers, all the things. And then we go into the house and right in the kitchen on the oven, there's a digital screen that has a picture of a sunflower with the time. So it's a, always a sunflower in the kitchen, like on this oven like screen top. And I'm like, I have never seen that in my life. I've never seen an oven that has yeah, a digital screen never. with a photograph <laughs> on it at all times, let alone of a sunflower on it at all times. How, someone tell me like, how is that even possible? Well, and even the polarity, like sunflowers are like a sacred symbol for you, Dana, and like bring a lot of like depth and like um, emotion and memory for you. And then for Steffi, it's like, fuck sunflowers. They're scary. Like it brings trauma. a lot of trauma. trauma. And to know like, cool, you're, you know what I mean? Like not the judgment of like, I can't believe you would hate a plant. Right? I feel like that. It's okay if she judges me because it's not normal. But again, this is what sister is about calling no, people I'm out totally on their shit. Fine with you and also it was it was at a retreat. So again, yeah. it's like these beautiful moments and memories I remember with both of you and the fact that you just remembered that and called it out is yes. amazing. So yeah, no. again, that's about what sisterhood is laughing, enjoying, sharing traumas. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I need to know your trauma to be your real sister. And I embrace and accept all your things um, as my own. And that is really like a true pleasure for me is being able to have this languaging of sharing, like knowing your friend's trauma and holding space for it and, you know, being right there with them, because that is definitely something that even just in our lifetime, you know, in childhood, like 
I don't feel like people were talking about that. You know, like when someone's parents got divorced or you're going through something bad, like it just wasn't in the collective consciousness to be able to have that languaging of like, oh, this is a traumatic experience. And like your nervous system is going to respond in these ways. Like we've come so far, even in just our lifetimes. Um, And it's literally like my honor to know my friend's trauma and to hold space for it. Like I feel so blessed that people will let me in in that way and that I can reciprocate that and also be seen in that deep layer. Yeah. Cause that's the only way that you can see someone's journey too, is to know like where that, what they're growing from and like where they're growing kind of to. Yeah. Um, there's definitely women and friends that I have in my life where they're, they they do not want to go deep. Right. Where it's like, ah, like I, it's too scary to talk about like that was hard or, you know, I've definitely had so many eye rolls where I'll say like, yeah, like that, that was really hard. And it's like, okay, but wasn't that also beautiful? And like, you know, why do we have to talk about that? Like, yeah, let's change the subject. And it's that energy of like spiritual bypassing. In yeah. A yeah. 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 And- that's that same retreat where I was like, I fucking love myself. And that girl was like, how dare you <laughs> say that? Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. But it's like, yes. like, but it is almost that energy of, of, um, I want to say that, or I want to do that, but I never allowed myself to. So there's that judgment. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you talk about poop at this, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> like, how dare you talk about? <laughs> Cause it's like, yeah, I, I did, you know, have like, I did poop today or I had issues with my digestive system, but like, I would never talk about it. So I can't believe you are right. Yeah. It's that comparison. Yeah. Yeah, and go, being able to go. We can just edit it. this whole part out. <laughs> I'm about to say, I'm about to say at that retreat, I told you guys I had hemorrhoids, so it's all good. Well, yeah, we're like, oh my gosh, like what? What were they like? I mean, honestly, like what you just said, Steffi, right before of like being friends being able to laugh together, and then like the next sentence said is like friends being able to hold the depth of each other's trauma. Like, isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that's how it's really is in the highest expression is this lightness and joy and laughing together and getting to dance and be free and be wild and be silly. And, you know, all of those things are just so beautiful to have a sisterhood where you get to express yourself in that lightness and this equal depth. And being able to dance between the two is one of my favorite things about our friendship. It's like literally goes from like laughing until we cry, like our stomachs hurt and like doing like a break dance, like, you know, dance workout. And then (laughs) at the end, it's like really going deep and not crying. Yeah. Not needing to bypass those deep moments, but really being able to hold space. Like, yeah. Laughing till we cry, crying until we laugh. Like that is such medicine. Literally to have this safe space in your life where you get to just share that is just so special. So I know that this has been um, just kind of like a conversation. There's so much to be said on this whole topic. So I loved actually every time that someone shared, I loved hearing both of your experiences and um, the the paths that we've come on that have brought us to this place in our friendship. So um, I hope that everyone listening has been able to reflect on their own conditioning, their own journey, their own sisterhood, wherever they are in that journey. Do you feel like you have this really strong sisterhood or do you feel like this is something that you want to work on? What are those actionable steps if you're ready to go deeper? You know, doing that shadow work, starting to live your truth, being able to access this spiritual sisterhood at any moment and also seeing once you're doing this work, 
how new people come into your life that are matching that vibration, being able to navigate old friendships that are maybe no longer a match, like that we've actually covered a lot in this. So I'd love to hear for all of those listening, um, what your experience is in this and how you're feeling called to share sisterhood and share this energy of loving and supporting and holding space for the fierce depth and pain and also the joy and beautiful laughter and that security that comes from being loved and seen and accepted. So um, as always, we're so excited that we get to share this conversation with you and have this sisterhood with everyone listening. Um, And Steffi, if you want to tell people where they can find you and what you have going on right now that you're excited about within Spiritsis, we'd love to have our listeners connect with that too. Yes. So I'm going to Mexico and hosting a little like meetup talking about sacred sisterhood because uh, it's going to be happening during Aquarius season, which is all about community. Uh, also, I, I teach a birth chart course called Birth Chart Biz. I have an intuition course. I'm a man, Jen. So anyone listening knows I'm all over the place with my offerings and that's the way it's always going to be. So <laughs> there's a little bit of splice of life for everybody. Uh, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at spirit underscore sis. I'm on TikTok, spirit sis, and my website, spiritsis.com. Amazing. Yay. I'm like, oh, I'm into that energy in Mexico. I'm into that just like real connection, fun play, but like deep shit, everything that we're talking about. It's perfect timing. Once again, not planned, just perfectly aligned. And um, for all of our listeners, you know where you can find us at Dayluna on Instagram and daylunalife.com. We have our membership, which is launching this month. Actually, when you hear this, it'll be like the first month, which is your human design besties. And we created this genuinely to just have sacred sisterhood and connection Um, that frequency, realness, a space that doesn't, you know, Instagram to me is feeling like not my life. Um, And it's feeling almost like abusive. Like I need a boundary (laughs) with Instagram and just like the algorithm feels abusive to me. Um, So no, I agree. Yeah. Right. It's like you're uh, this cog in a machine that you must like spit out whatever, like you work for the algorithm and that is just not my life. Um, so I want, I, we wanted to create a space where it is our life and where it reflects, um, our frequency. And so that's your human design besties. And then also when this comes out, you will know that we have our book, Your Human Design, which is two years in the making. We're so excited about, and um, it's available for pre-order right now. So there's a ton of perks. It's going to be on shelves in January. Um, but if you pre-order it, then you get like a free ebook. You get entered to win free tuition for our Human Design Reader training. You also, which we're selecting two winners for that. So that's big. And then you also get... Um, a free month of human design besties. So if you're thinking about joining this or you just want to try joining this community, then pre-order the book. It basically just like equals each other out and you can get a book come January and all the perks plus a free month of besties. So this book literally happened to us. And that's like a whole story that we can share maybe on another podcast. But we talk about waiting for the invitation, like a publisher reached out to us. And we like it just happened like we went away and just wrote it real like it just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it has a bunch of recommendations, crystals, essential oils, quizzes, but also 
everything that you need to know for having a daily practice with your type and your authority and your profile and affirmations for your channels and gates. So it's freaking packed to the brim of like everything we wish we had a book on. We made, we made it. So we're just so excited, ecstatic, fertile, right? Like birth this out of sacred sisterhood of like, these are the things that we've enjoyed doing for, with our clients and for ourselves. So, um, we're just fertile bitches right now. And it feels a little (laughs) overwhelming, but also like really exciting. (laughs) Like not feral bitches, we're fertile bitches. And I'm into it. (laughs) Yeah. And for anyone listening, I can, I can just say from my testimonial working with you both has been the most expansive thing in my life. I admire everything that you do and you hold space really well. So you have to jump on this book. I cried when I saw the cover. Mm. They're working so hard. And I just wanted to say I'm so grateful for everything you do for the community. And it's going to be freaking amazing. Oh, my gosh. And you can't tell from the picture of the cover, but it's gold foil on the cover. And I literally could, we cried. We cried cried when we found out that it was going to have gold foil. And our publisher publisher were like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you crying over this gold foil? But for us, it was literally like, wow, dreams come true. (laughs) Like that was the thing out of the whole process. Like frequency match. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for everyone listening. Thank you, Steffi, for joining us. It is always like such an honor when you join us on our show. They're always our, our most popular yeah. episodes because all everyone that is a part of De Luna's community like absolutely loves and adores you. So we really want to say thank you for joining us and having this conversation and being our sister and inspiring us and holding space for us and all of the things vice versa as well. Um, so thank you for being here. And yeah. everyone, thank you for listening. I hope that you all have a beautiful day. <laughs>